On Wednesday the 9th of August, Tower Hamlet's Town Development Committee met to decide the fate of iconic queer venue, the Joiners Arms. The pub closed its doors in 2015, when the land was bought out by developers. The committee would either approve or reject developers' plans to redevelop the Hackney Road site, which would turn the queer venue into a mix of residential, office and commercial spaces. The backdrop to this story is a crisis in culture for London. For many in the city, London is dying a cultural death, and queer spaces have been disproportionately affected by this decline. 58% of LGBTQ venues have closed in London in the last three years. The figure rises to 70% in Tower Hamlets, the borough of the joiners. But at the same time, London is facing a number of other crises. Couldn't a new commercial and housing space help London's citywide crisis? On one side of the argument are the developers, whose vision is to regenerate and rejuvenate an area of Hackney Road by offering investment. On the other side are a group of ex-punters of the Joiners who banded together in 2015 into a group called Friends of the Joiners Arms to fight back against the developers. The day before the committee, I met with Peter, a campaigner from Friends of the Joiners Arms. I began by asking what his memories of the Joiners are and why it's important to save this venue. I don't know, it had to me that weird atmosphere of somewhere that is simultaneously quite cruisy and quite like openly um, sexual in some ways, but also being really like almost rural and like people had, you would get to know people even if you didn't know them, if you know what I mean, like... You know, if there's one space that wasn't bland, that wasn't commercial, that wasn't just dominated by people like me who are white, gay, middle-class men, where you would be guaranteed to find people who might challenge your expectations or your preconceptions, it was the joiners. Mm -hmm. So bulldozing that physical space that's been there since the 1850s, been a pub since the 1850s, that's been a queer pub since... Tony Blair took office. That sort of slap in the face is, is why we need to stand up and resist. They have formed their own set of plans, which respects the legacy of the Joiners as a countercultural hub for queer people. They propose something cooperatively run as a nighttime venue, but also as a social space. As a person who lives in London who isn't wealthy, all you're ever told is no. You're only ever told this is what's happening, we're doing this, we're knocking this down, we're building this, this is turning into that. The one thing that unites everyone in the campaign, apart from a deep-seated, unquenchable thirst, is that they're sick of being told no. The campaign kind of snowballed from there. The group successfully won an Asset of Community Value, or ACV, for the pub in 2016. Following this, Tower Hamlets Council have said there needs to be an LGBTQ venue provided for the development of the plans to go ahead. The developers have responded to this, designating a unit on the site as an LGBTQ venue, which matches the square footage of the old joiners' arms. They've also agreed one year's free rent to anyone who took over the 15-year lease. 
On the day of the development meeting, I asked campaigner Olympia if this was a win for Friends of the Joiners' Arms. It is clear that the space that is promised to us, it's actually not a viable pub, not a viable space. Uh, there's no smoking area, there's no ancillary accommodation, there's no storage room, so it wouldn't actually work as a, as a pub or as any community space. No LGBTQI independent operators are willing to bid on such a space. And... Um, and yeah, so basically how we're calling it is a Trojan horse draped in a rainbow flag and it's a tactic that uh, a lot of developers who find themselves with a space that has an ACV listing like the Joiners Arms has because of the Friends of the Joiners Arms, um, that's, this is what they do in order to sort of ensure that their development goes ahead but that no LGBTQ viable space actually is, materialises itself. Outside the town hall, with Aretha Franklin blasting through a portable sound system, I asked Dan, another campaigner, if they're hopeful the committee will see through this tactic and reject the plans. Tonight, it might, the outcome might be that they approve the proposal. It might be the fact they approve it with some of the conditions that we say. It might be that they reject it and then go back to the drawing board. It's been a huge constant mountain to climb. Let's talk about Aretha Franklin. Um, um, but I think there's been so many wins so far. We are inside the town hall as we um, head towards the chamber. Everyone is wearing matching Friends of the Joiners Arms t-shirts. And one of the developers just came up and very smugly asked if he could get a t-shirt. To which someone replied, yes, or you could just save LGBTQ spaces. Which kind of um, rubbed the, the smile off his face a little bit. Um, once we head in there, two people speaking on behalf of the campaign will each have three minutes to put their case and say why they think the plans should be rejected. Councillors, thank you for giving me an opportunity as a representative of the LGBTQI community of East London to speak on this proposal. I'm here today because queer spaces matter to me. These are spaces where I feel safe. In the 13 years that London has been my home, I have been called a dyke by passers-by and been victim to a violent homophobic attack on the street. On nights out in non-queer spaces, I have had pictures taken of me by strangers when I've been dancing with another woman and had my gender brought into question when I walk into female toilets. There are countless other examples I could give you of how I've been made to feel vulnerable, inferior, unsafe because of who I am, the way I look, and because of the people I love. And I'm not alone. My experiences are much worse, are echoed by countless others. I cannot put into words the immense feeling of liberation when I walked into a place like the Joiners Arms. London has lost 58% of its LGBTQI spaces in the past 10 years, including 70% of spaces in Tower Hamlets. We desperately need these spaces in order to feel safe and thrive as a community. I'm sure you've seen in the media over the last couple of days a lot of celebratory remarks about how groundbreaking it is to have the queer character of a venue as a condition for planning approval, and perhaps it is, but we need to recognise what's proposed is not a viable replacement for East London's most iconic queer venue. Experts, including camera and independent LGBTQI operators, have assessed the proposed A4 space. Everyone reached the same conclusions. With no basement storage space, no off-street smoking area, no ancillary accommodation, and a condition that it closes early, seven days a week, we cannot possibly hope to have a space resembling or replacing the highly popular late-licensed community pub that was the Joiner's Arms. Further, the proposed heads of terms do not provide any legal protection. Control over the selection and approval of the queer operator and the commercial terms of the venue remains entirely in the hands of the applicant. Councillors, 
you were fully aware of the Trojan horse tactics employed by developers to gain local authority approval, whereby a pub is promised but fails to materialise. This, in our view, this is nothing more than a Trojan horse draped in a rainbow flag. Tower Hamlets needs a queer community venue that caters for people before profit. 936 days after its closure, we want nothing more than the joiners to reopen. We want nothing more than the queer community to witness the establishment of an LGBTQI venue that will replace just one of the dozens that have been shut across London. We want nothing more than to end nearly three years of campaigning with a victory for our community after we've endured countless cuts to our vital services and an ongoing rise in hate crime. 30 seconds. We want nothing more than a safe, fun, liberating space where we can meet, make friends, fall in love and dance. But this must have the diverse voices of our community at the front of any proposal. The Joiners' Arms has served the communities in Tower Hamlets for over 150 years, 20 of which served the queer community. What is another six months or so to get this right? We ask you to reject this current proposal in favour of finding a long-term viable alternative that will truly re-provide the Joiners' Arms for our community. Thank you very much. Um, Stevenson, I'm going to ask you to address the committee. Would you mind just... As many of you know, the Joiners is a landmark community asset, enjoyed and enjoys a special designation, not just in terms of planning, but also in the hearts and minds of its loyal customers and the wider community that it served for nearly 20 years. You will have received a letter from us dated 4th of August. This letter sets out in detail our concerns, but in summary, these are three. First condition... The bar is to be offered in shell condition. Although we have sought clarification, none has been provided. We assume that shell means nothing more than statutory lighting and fire detection with no appropriate services infrastructure. This makes it virtually unusable space for conversion to a bar. Second, costs. We have been provided with cost estimates, and these have been sent to the planning applicant, but they have refused to comment. We estimate the fit-out costs of this bar will be £130,000 and the annual rental will be over £100,000. These costs are prohibitively expensive, especially to an independent operator, LGBT or otherwise. I close with these comments. We estimate that the appreciation in land value with full planning consent will be in excess of £10 million. We simply say this, offer some of this gain back to the community as a reasonable compromise. Giuliano today said in his press release, that he offers the hand of friendship to Paul Eden of Regal Homes, and he urges him now not to be cast as the villain of the piece. Instead, he wishes Paul to be hailed as the hero of the hour okay. in accepting this compromise. Okay, that's just over three minutes, so thank you very much for your presentation. How can cities encourage growth, but also provide a sense of continuity? How can the Development Committee accommodate the forces of change while also respecting local communities and culture. In making their decision, the committee has to weigh up all of these forces. So, what was the decision? I met up with Friends of the Joiners' Arms in an East London pub after the verdict. Here's Peter to explain what happened. It seems like a majority of councillors were actually suggesting that they might just reject it and then they would have to give their reasons for rejecting it, which would give the applicants chance to kind of amend what they're proposing. Um, but what they ended up doing was deferring the decision and requesting a site visit, specifying 
things that they want the planning officers and I guess the applicant to go away and look at and come back with something better. And the I think the really encouraging thing for me was like their idea of what better is actually involved listening to us. Not an independent councillor's view of what does your community want, we'll tell you. It was actually, this is what you've said to us, prove it. Yeah, so I think the, the councillors um, put a lot of emphasis on the importance of the um, the LGBTQI pub being reprovided and they had grave concerns about the current uh, proposal really wasn't going far enough to ensure ensured that was a viable space and they were referencing other examples in the borough where it's just this Trojan horse um, metaphor really where they on the outside it kind of looks like a pub but really you know it's not and as the other objectors were saying it's really it's not fitted out to be a pub as well and I think that's a really important um, point that they were really pushing that actually they need to actually provide those fiddle costs so essentially they can't provide a shell they need to provide something that is ready to be a pub. The desire of governments for a renaissance of their cities is a defining feature of contemporary urban policy. Many areas of Tower Hamlets have faced decades of deinvestment, something which the committee is clearly trying to address. But the negative consequences of urban regeneration strategies are rocketing land values, which is pushing out queer counterculture from the streets of London. It's the David and Goliath situation. If you're looking at the property developers, if you're looking at the kind of level of brutal gentrification going on the very fact that we're here already with the wins that we have is a win in itself yeah do i see this as a win absolutely i think in the back of our minds we all thought we would be given an opportunity to kind of put our point across but that actually the weight of big developers and money and the momentum of things in london it would be a huge surprise if they did anything other than just accept it the fact that they, in many ways, rejected it. Yeah, we wouldn't be out here celebrating if we didn't win. And the fact that they scuttled off right at the end, they're not going to be out in the white swan having pints, wearing matching T-shirts tonight. I'm fairly confident of that.